I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, whenever you and I were in preaching school, we had a little run there where we were being late for chapel. And the, we had to go into the dean's office. And I'll never forget, I guess it's because we live on the river, but he said, uh, I know you boys are coming from, you know, quite a bit of ways every day when you drive in, but is there water in your alarm clock? <laughs> Do you remember him asking that question? Yeah. <laughs> so what he meant was, is you need to be on in, in chapel on time. And so we had to kind of get up, start stirring around earlier. So I understand I'll ask you the same thing today because I didn't hunt today, but when I got here. This I'm became like, the theme of the duck hunt today. <laughs> I was like, where's Jace? They was where like, is Jace? We don't know. Where's Jace? It was kind of so, like if this was the sequel to What's Wrong With, uh, what's the dog's name? What's Wrong With Drew? What's Wrong With Drew? Today's today, sequel was Where's Jace? Where's Jace? No, it was, uh, it, it, was, was a, a, it was a rookie move. So, Phil's, to Phil's point, when and it we're comes only to, four days into duck season, there's been a lot of rookie things happening. Is that just because everybody's like? Well, I'm going to try to explain this okay. out. Right. I have a pretty good excuse: modern technology. So my phone is my alarm clock. Okay. And normally, you get in a routine in duck season. It's pretty well the same routine. But all my family is gone because we're anticipating the birth of a new child here. Right. So I'm by myself. I couldn't sleep last night, which is bad. Because yeah. your season. son isn't anticipated. Y'all not gonna have another young <laughs> your, your, your children are <laughs> Phil, it's family. <laughs> yeah. But it's part is, is there the really a difference? Yeah, y'all yeah. burned out. It's over. Yeah. Well, that's, that's <laughs> the, the details matter. That, the details that matter. Once dad, sailed. once dad removes a generation, it's like, ah, fend for yourself, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what I was gonna say is, I couldn't sleep last night because my nap yesterday was longer than normal because nobody's there. Yep. Well, you uh, know, if nobody's bothering you, oh yeah, you can sleep all day. <laughs> And so I took too long a nap. That's where it started. Then my phone, I went to bed about 1230 last night. Supposed to get up at 345, which yeah. is not long. That's a nap. That's, that's another nap. That's another long nap. <laughs> but my phone, what do you call it? Uh, re, not reboots. Uh, it did an upgrade. Updates. Updates. It, it did an update. Because every time it says, do you want to update or upgrade? I say no, because it changes everything. Right. So somewhere in the upgrade process, it just did it anyway. My alarm went off, but there was no sound. So when I woke up, I thought, I've missed something. Because it was barely light. It was probably it six, six o'clock. And it should have been dark. So I looked at my phone, and it was like, it was giving me a snooze option. And it was going off with no sound. <laughs> Bad, so bad so then I also ass. looked at four minutes. of the computer world, they all said, we have everything covered. Everything's covered. Snooze. We, we, we know <laughs> that we've got it all figured out. Yeah. Now you're laying in the bed. We're down there shooting ducks. You know I mean? So I have been persecuted <laughs> relentlessly via the phone because I sent Jay a text and said, well, I believe that ship has sailed. <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, we're about done anyway." So, which was which very was, rude. That was, he offered, that was his way of saying we got him, and you weren't yeah. here. He said, "You might already get another alarm clock and set it 
three minutes before your other one as a backup, which is an obvious thing to do. Yeah, I get it. I understand. <laughs> you get to you need to get you one of the uh, get you the wind up the one that the one that Phil's got. Try to bar That's his what I'm doing. No, nope, that yep. won't work. That won't work. Because that? I can't figure out how to Why make can't it work. Figure that out. <laughs> well, trust me, I will have an alternative because once that happens, it happens about every ten years. You have some kind of issue, right? I think that's the last time I overslept. So, hey. Well, and it was a little bit of FOMO there once you wake up because you, you're thinking, what did I miss out? Fear of missing out. Oh, I knew out. that. I mean, it wasn't like it was going to be a bad day. The conditions were perfect. Yeah. So, trust me, outside of a so, coma-like condition, would <laughs> I miss something like that, which I did. So so what did Jace miss, Dan? What, what did he miss this morning? Because y'all killed about 20 ducks. Yep. The ducks just, we shot well. The ducks would just come in. Every one of them would light in the decoys. The wind was blowing. That's uh, always right out of the west. We're facing due north, so the wind had shifted just a little bit, and they all came from the right hand side. Yep, on Jason's side, Ooh. he would have been in the driver's seat. <laughs> yep. and they just came by. And I love know. the details. The details. So here's the question: How right many hand- more ducks? Be honest. Would we have shot and reduced the possession if I would have been there? If no were, more, two more, a lot we, more. We'd had three more woodies, and as far as the big ducks, what few came in there, uh, none of those left. So, so it wasn't a question of shooting. Shooting was fine. Okay, so, so see, it's it's just, just, it's you only it's now I'm well rested, well rested uh, to do the podcast, and I'm yep. going to go scouting. So yep. it's actually it worked out. So you're turning this into a positive. Yep. So I'm going to become. Uh, to quote a famous person, I came here to serve, not to be served. So I'm going to go find y'all a place tomorrow. That's that y'all a way, can what a spin job there. That's good. So, Zach, so I saw, I saw Melissa and Ben were here uh, in town this week. I saw them yesterday. So tonight we're having our um, Thanksgiving a little bit earlier. So, Jace, he's heading off to uh, be there, I guess, for the birth of his first grandchild. But um, I, I, I'm excited about talking to Willie. We haven't been able to talk about this on the podcast. Dad has talked about it a couple of times that we had to edit. <laughs> when, oh, yeah. when Willie was on The Masked Singer, Dad had outed him a time or two. It wasn't me. So <laughs> I was embarrassed that a lot of people, I heard this, I didn't see it, but a lot of people said they were reaching out to me on social media saying that, was it me? Yeah. I'm like, if you hadn't, Figured out. I realized he. I guess he was in costume. I didn't see it. Oh, it was yeah, quite was. the but, costume. Uh, Did look, you watch it, Dad? The only thing that my brother and I have in common. Well, what am I trying to say? <laughs> the only thing we don't have in common. That's what I was going to say. Is physical anatomy. So if you're mistaking me for Willie in any way, <laughs> what, what's wrong? Yeah. Well, it was a big costume. I mean, oh, it could have been well, easy to hide in. So there you go. You weren't be able to tell They were that. calling him a mallard, and he had a wood duck mask on. That must be a Hollywood that thing. Was, they didn't know. A, a, when you have gyrating women with their boobs hanging out, <laughs> I don't watch shows like that. Oh, that's in there? Oh. You've heard? He's I, watched. He saw it. Willie wanted me to see oh, him in action. But you couldn't get past. Okay, and finally, when he was finally 
he comes out of the duck suit. He said, you see it? And I said, no. No, I didn't even, I didn't even know. I didn't know well, what channel was. I, said, I, I didn't even know when the thing was going to run. I, I took it for the family and watched the whole thing. And it is, I will say, it's uh, it's six hours. I didn't watch it unless he was on it. It's And he was on five episodes. Of it. So it was five hours of my life I'll never get back from watching that show. But I will say this about Willie. One is because I he sang every time. He's not a bad singer. He's he. I was shocked. In Al, fact, we he was on an album. Well, that, but I thought I thought maybe auto tune helped that out. I wasn't sure that was not all bad. I but mean, no, he did good on the yeah. Christmas. So, but then so I texted him once I knew he was on it. So I watched the first episode. He sang a John Rich song, and it was good. And so I texted him once I knew, once he knew I knew he was on it. And uh, I said, did you, did they just record that and play it? Because again, I'm thinking, you know, he might got a little, they can help your voice. I mean, they made Cy sound decent. So I'm saying. Once again. They can do things. If Cy doesn't holler, he's a pretty good singer. But he can't, he has a chant. With the singing. Right. I mean, if you walk in and there's 800 people singing a cappella, you will hear Sai. Yeah, he's, he's a, he has a cut above. So, but he's good. He's like a, he's like a bluegrass singer. He's like a, like a, a Ralph Stanley or one of those kind of guys. Right. Sai is. Well, yeah. well I mean, he sounded good. Yeah. Uh-oh. So, there he is. He's back. Oh, my goodness. Right, things, hang on. We've been attacked. <laughs> I mean, he, that was a dive. That just cost you your life right there. Oh, nice. You got to Take that. it, right. <laughs> You got it, my Okay. Yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. So for the for the is it the third straight? <laughs> that wasn't that was an aggressive are, move. I mean, he just dive bombed. <laughs> well, I didn't want to tear up the equipment. <laughs> I'm laughing at our at Josh over here behind the scenes because he came out at the chair on that one. <laughs> I mean, we've been <laughs> we, there's attacks and then there's that. Well, it's I mean, getting down in the 30s. Like a, I felt the wind <laughs> of the wings on the nose. That's how close that was. Woo. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, but somebody's going to get dope pop, if Zach. I, <laughs> if I hadn't have got that extra yeah. six hours of sleep, I That's probably right. would have got stung. If you would have hunted this morning, you yep. would have got stung right in the face. Exactly. So I think is this the third podcast in a row, Josh? So we've had we've had an attack of Speaking a, of ducks. That was a hornet, though. Uh, you, what Jace missed. I ran home early. I got out of, there, out of the woods. We came out early. I said, get me out early because I've got, uh, they want me to fix my famous duck and dressing. So I've, I've got about, uh, as I speak, I went with the wood ducks and the green wing teal. Excellent So choices. I had two big pots, a few bay leaves in there, salt and black pepper and we're going to boil them until you reach down and grab one of the legs that's sticking up, you know. You grab that leg, and when it begins to loosen, that when that leg loosens, you say, time to take them out. There's you a loosening of the leg. You, you pick up one leg, and you p- try to lift up the t- tail with it. Well, if you end up with the, the leg in your hand. Too long. Too, waited too long. You boil them too long. So I got I'm, I've got uh, Blondie and your mother you down there monitoring. They, I, they said this thing here, what we're doing here, take a couple hours. 
So I said, let's let's ball them slow, not fastball. So I'll, I'll come in down there. They're going to cut up the stuff for the cornbread. It's cornbread, Ritz crackers, crumble up, crushed finely. You need and to do a new cookbook and call it Loose Leg. Loose Leg. Loose Leg. Well, you can tell a little about, about the leg on a duck, especially. <laughs> when that leg comes starts to come off, you're like, uh-oh, time, time to quit balling. <laughs> I'm just filling you boys in so when y'all get a little older, get more mature, you'll, you'll, know, you'll know about duck baking. I was just seeing how far this loose leg was no, going, but he, I have but look, to admit, you are committed to but it. But look, so before you got here, Jase, Dad said, call up your mama because I got to tell her exactly how to do these ducks because he's not there to do it. And so, he doesn't have a cell phone. Right. But to so I, fix this family meal for 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 your family, it started, uh, here's how long it takes, ladies and gentlemen, of you who are listening. This started about me racing from the duck blind with more ducks, m- racing toward the, to the house because I knew I had an hour and a half to get my ducks on and get them all ready to go. And that's just the beginning of it. I'm using the broth. The ducks come back, and they're nestling the cornbread dressing, and I put them in a circle, big pot like the pots like 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 this. I mean, huge pot, enough to feed thirty to forty people. So which we'll have fifty there. And so. they love they love the duck and dressing. So I'm making it for them. But it literally will take us four five hours to have that ready. Well, your dressing is by far the best I've ever had. In fact, I think you went past Granny, who used to make dressing for us, but I think yours is better. I watched yours her, is a wet and dressing. it's a lot like hers. Yeah, it's good. But I, what I was going to say was, when you call Mom, so I said, here, Mom, Dad wants to give you some instructions on those ducks, and uh, let's take a break. So, Zach, recently you and I had a conversation with um one of our sponsors, because we really like to try to tell the stories when we can of the people that support us and uh, support this podcast. And uh, Good Ranchers, the guy at Good Ranchers, we talked to one of their owners, and great guy. Um, most of the guys that are have started this company have been in ministry in their early lives, uh, believers, uh, which I didn't know until we had that conversation. Uh, yeah, they're, they're great guys, uh, and I just you know they support us, so we're you know, obviously want to support what they're doing, um, and they're for what the local farmers that are you know constantly having to compete with these big big companies that are importing food from uh, meat from overseas, and and I've actually got my first box in the mail and started cooking the steaks. I got chicken, so we you know, we've been eating on it. It's yeah, I told good. them that since we we lovingly call Chick Fil A Jesus Chicken, we maybe call these guys Jesus Beef, and so which I, I think would be great. Uh, they really are America first. They're trying to help. There have been over a hundred thousand independent farms and ranches in the U.S. that have been shut down because of this foreign influence that Zach was talking about. So we want you guys to give these guys a shot. Uh, to support them, but also, you know, to really get some some good products. So go to goodranchers.com slash Phil. If you go there right now, you're going to get 10 free fillets, which is really great. And if you subscribe, you're going to save $25 off each subscription box that comes to you in the future. So that's a really good deal. It's affordable. Goodranchers.com slash Phil. You get the 10 free fillets. You get free express shipping, and you get $25 off your monthly subscription for life. So check them out, goodranchers.com slash Phil, or use code Phil at checkout. And so 
So he starts in, and Mom says, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me let me get Lynn on here, because you know I'm having trouble remembering things today. <laughs> so, so then we had to get Blondie in for Dad to give the loose leg instructions. So, so what it, now, back to the, did Willie win this comp, singing company? Well, here's the thing. No. But I don't know. I don't know how you win it. I, I guess oh. I didn't watch it enough to understand it, yeah. but they eliminate you. So he got to the semifinals. There were four people so left. So he's wearing a mask and he yeah. sings. No, he's wearing a four foot tall wood duck. That they have sounding like a mallard. Well, they call him the mallard. Well, they call him the mallard. Oh, the, which reminds me. Well, that reminds but me. But I got a theory we, as to why that is because you would have had to call him the Woody. And I'm just saying they probably wanted to avoid that. I mean, we would have understood that from a duck perspective, but in another, in a slang way, that's not a good thing. So, the, well, well, who comes up with these? Well, never, I'm just—I never heard that. In I, I figured you didn't, but Zach and I know. So, so they couldn't call <laughs> him the Woody. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> I'm just—I'm just giving you the theory. I didn't, why. I didn't say anything. <laughs> All I did, Al threw me in there with him just because I look. Chuckled, there it is, Jay. Yeah, look on the screen. Josh just put up a there. Oh, that's what that's what he looked like. Will he look like? Yeah. So you see how they could see it was you because he looks tall and slender, right? You but, can't tell the costume's so big. I mean, it's like yeah. a it's a big look. Uh, his head is underneath. Okay. His head is not in that wood duck. It's below that. That is a. Well, they had to dub that. You couldn't sing through that. No, that's what I asked him, and he said he sang in that. They had in a that. microphone inside. There's a, probably a mic inside the costume. Well, I noticed some of them, Zach, had the little earpiece ones like we wear preaching and stuff, hmm. too. But yeah, that, but I wonder if that was just for looks. Who, who watches this stuff? Oh, and look, it's hard to watch. I mean, okay. it, it, I mean I, it's, that's what I figured. Because the four people that are like the stars of it, their, their banter back and forth is nauseating. I mean, like, I just couldn't hardly. I almost had to just mute it until then listen to Willie sing and then mute the rest of it, you know, until something happened. But the I mean, problem was I never about? knew it, it, they were talking about nothing that makes any sense. Oh. Here's what gets me. They kept guessing people. They were guessing the biggest stars on the planet, the best singers, the biggest movie stars. And I'm laughing. Cause I thought I kept thinking those people are not going to do this show. Well, yeah, so, I was so, being see, way I too practical. I couldn't watch it. I mean, the show was mostly like, you know, kind of smaller time people, I guess, singers. But reality how do you win? Out? What, what is the point of the show? I never to, got it. Oh. I never understood it. So why did Willie do it? Well, you I know, mean, Willie, he's run never, out of something. Zach, do you have any insight on why Willie did it? I mean, he, he loves to be on TV. Oh. He likes to sing. He likes to sing. Okay. And he sang oh, yeah, well. Well, you had Larry the Cable Guy was one of them. Oh, right. well, that's some uh, of it because him and him and Larry are buddies, I believe. Oh, they are. And then yeah. they had, I think they had. Uh, so I see how that went. Larry so, called Willie okay, and so said, "Hey, man, you let's do this show. <laughs> you can dress up like a duck." Well, hey, what that, was Larry the Cable Guy dressed up like? Uh, do you remember that? I don't know. Josh, find, find out. Well, so he lost. Wait, so he didn't lose. He participated. He got right. in our culture now. I don't think you could. Out. I don't think you really lose on there. You just get kind of kicked like off. like a participation award? You get a trophy that's for what participation? I get. That's what I got. What is wrong with our society? I don't know. But, I mean, Willie, what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, I thought he did our family proud. He, he wasn't, other than being on the show... <laughs> <laughs> which that's another debate, but I'm saying 
his singing was it was impressive. And yeah. even the people there, these people that were, they kept remarking, they kept guessing Jason. He was Jason Aldean. And so everybody they were guessing are Willie's buddies. Yeah. You know, Billy Ray Cyrus, all these people. And so he really did well. And look, he, he sang two country songs, but he sang two pop songs. Oh, and so I was just was like, he doing like dancing and oh, gyrations. Yeah. There were, he, it was, it was choreographed. No doubt oh, about it. Oh boy. Yeah. It was. You have to go back and watch. Just no, I no I'm saying yeah. just like oh. on YouTube, just him. Yeah. You could watch that and just get get the gist. Of what it. bothers me is I couldn't get past if they call him the Mallard and he has a wood duck head. You remember on there was a there was a scene in Duck Dynasty where they would, you know, before they released it, they would send it to us and say, you know, is there any is there any objections to this? Yeah. What and very rarely. You know, were there, and when they were, that didn't necessarily mean they were going to change. Well, right. So at the end of one of the episodes, they had a Mallard Drake, and they had dubbed in a a quack sound, and so I, I said, yeah, I object to a Mallard Drake at the end quacking, because Mallard Drakes don't quack. And so they sent it back. They sent a response and said, no one would notice that. (laughs) Wrong. So I responded. (laughs) Wrong. I just did. (laughs) Mallard Mallard Drakes don't quack. And Jason, to your point, you were the only person that's heard it so far. (laughs) And you objected and knew it. (laughs) Oh, I got so angry. I thought, and, and guess what? There's some Duck Dynasty video out there. Or whatever. You oh, so they left it in there. Oh, they left it in there. You got a you got a Mallard Drake quacking. It's like that. It's like they said, well, it's an embellishment of the quack. I said, but they don't do that. And so then I demonstrated what they do. to a Hollywood whoever on what the actual Mallard Drake sounded like. And you know what their response was? Huh. I thought they all quacked. <laughs> <laughs> so in Hollywood, guess what? They quacked. Well, that was the number one question I got because it was so awkward though. Because they'd be like, "Is this is what is that Willie on the thing?" Or I had a couple ask me Willie or Jace, by the way, Joe. Oh, and I so know. then I was like, and then they were like, and he's not a he, why is that? Why are they calling him a mallard when he's a wood duck? I said, well, first of all, I can neither confirm nor deny what Willie does in his extracurricular activities. Number one. Uh, number two, uh, they're from Hollywood. They wouldn't know the difference in a wood duck and a mallard. That's correct. Now, Willie knew the difference. So I, I am going to ask him that question tonight at Thanksgiving. That's my question is why did, why did, but I think I know the answer. I think, I think I, I gave you my prediction a minute ago. So we'll see what he says. Well, saying. I better back off because rumor is I'm fixed to be on TV again. <laughs> That's so. Right. <laughs> Just don't embarrass everybody us, listening. Don't may embarrass- say, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> but I've seen, I've yeah. seen those. I've seen what you guys filmed, and it was actually very good. It was funny. I, I found myself drawn into it, just like you used to watch our show. So I think we'll know today good. whether this is going to go forward or not. Uh, well, that's, are that's, you going, Jace? Are you? Are you? Will you be at the Thanksgiving dinner at Willie's? I will. Yep. Okay. I was told you would. You weren't going to be there, but. Now that I know you are, well, I'll say this about the um, 
The he Willie was told, show. like he's got informants running around. So, so, do you got some people that are keeping an eye on us over here? Is that? I, was yeah, to, I, I was told Jace wouldn't be at Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> I would tell you something. That's people. what I'm saying. It's like he's out in North Carolina controlling all of us like a puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just keeping tabs on my family. I, I care about you guys. I do. I he's really done do. turned into so, a mogul. Was there a comment after that? So if I show up, is there some kind of surprise that's going to be revealed? <laughs> no, we just had some business to attend to that was going to take place at the at the okay. Thanksgiving dinner, and then somebody told me you weren't going to be there. So I was like, well, that's weird because I just talked to him so yesterday. Zach just went into contract business on the podcast. I like that. That's pretty good. We need to talk more, Zach. Maybe we just need to call when this is over. It's the only time I can talk to you guys is on here. So <laughs> That's funny. You know, but, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you can look at the on on Willie on the uh, Mass Singer though. You can Google um, who these people are. Like the the internet gets it right like weeks in advance before they're revealed. So you can I mean, if you Google it, you it literally one Google search away from finding out who all these well, you know people what, are. You know what? The reason I hung in there, Zach, is because my biggest question was when Willie takes off that mask. Are these four people that are on this this their panel? And there was actually five. They had like a guest on there. Are they even going to know who he is? I thought this may be embarrassing if they think That's like what I was thinking. Who 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 did is they this? know who? Who? Al. Well, oh, yeah, they, they I, yeah, they did. And, and then, well, you know why? Well, he looks a lot Cause, different because a producer probably said, "Hey, <laughs> the guy who takes the mask off." He was well, Willie from Duck Dynasty. No, that, that's where the announcer did it. He, as soon as it came off, ooh, look, it's Willie from Duck Dynasty. No, actually, it said Willie. Like, who in their right mind would, unless you were an avid fan, you can't get our names right anyway. <laughs> that's right. I have people saying, hey, Phil, Cy, Jeff. I've been called every family member except you. Right. Which is kind of weird. That's weird because we're because you've got a ways to go. So let's take our last break. Uh, it's not our last break. Let's take a break. Well, we're back in full duck season mode for those that wake up and uh, and make it to the blind. But uh, when that happens, many times the aches and pains will increase a little bit because of the activity. Uh, Dad, that's where you had your tragic bicep injury last year. And, you know, it's just getting in and out of duck blinds. I mean, it's not easy. I, I wouldn't call it tragic. I just had one <laughs> sap instead of a bicep. <laughs> I a, lost a sap. <laughs> he, he's a unisap now. <laughs> Which is all the uh, all the more reason to have for our great product uh, that has been a supporter of our podcast for a while, Omega XL, because they help with the inflammation. They rejuvenate your joints and muscles so you can move around like you were younger, which is always a good thing, especially when we're hunting. By the way, no matter how rough duck season gets, it gets better once you get acclimated to what's going on. Exactly. It improves, doesn't it? Yep. Visit OmegaXL.com slash Phil. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. You're going to buy a bottle, get a second bottle for free. Uh, just for being a listener and uh, and really help with that inflammation. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888, 800-844-4888. So well, i got to say one more thing. 
and I've lost my train of thought. If we don't get into the Bible, <laughs> right, we're going to have to repent over this, which Willie caused all this problem by going and doing that show anyway, and then we had to talk about it. Oh, no, it. what I was going to say was, last thing. So, But, but now look how I They didn't it. use the phrase Duck Dynasty. It said underneath is when it says Willie Robertson, it was like author, speaker, like it didn't well, it's say probably it. trademarked or something. Maybe you know. so. But the one of the guy, the guy that's uh, Alan Thick's son. I don't oh, we don't know who these people are. Just well, anyway, the the thick guy. He said, "Oh, Duck Dynasty." And then he looked down at the woman. He said, "You were." And one woman guessed it was Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh. Is what she guessed, and she was kind of closer than anybody else because at least she had a reality TV person. So anyway, they okay. did. They did know who he was. So. All right, well, let's get to the Bible because this this thing went off the rails between the <laughs> I did man, that was bad. Between the uh, killed hornet and everything else, this has been a crazy morning. Uh, we're in we're in Matthew nineteen. I had to defend myself. Well, you did because yeah. he was fixing the dope yeah. up you right square between the eyes is yeah. where he was going for. So last time we talked about these first three segments uh, that are in Matthew nineteen. Uh, that deal with the, the guy we were talking about, Joseph Shulam, who had preached at Weissway Road. Well, there's he, actually only three segments. But. Well, there is, but I added the fourth in my notes from the first section in chapter 20 because I think okay. he's explaining what happened with the rich young ruler, but I'll get to that in a minute. So he was talking about the idea was patience and grace, which I from think God's perspective. From God's perspective, and I think he's right. I, I think he's right on target because he talked about divorce he talked about little children, and then he talked about this guy, the rich young man, who basically was a great person. He he was a law keeper, but he had a problem because he was looking to that ultimately as his saving grace. And, you know, obviously he had an issue with money because when Jesus says, well, that's good, but why don't you just sell everything you got and follow me? Well, he, I think he, he loved the money. Right. The, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And possession. People who want to get rich pierce themselves with many griefs. Yeah. And, and it is true. But but he had it. He he loved it. But I think this launched Most, Jesus. Uh, there's a many in, of wealthy, wealthy, wealthy people. They love that out. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some, I'm saying. Some have it on straight and, and don't get swept in, swept up and thinking, well, you know. You know, I've had billions, but but most of them, for the most part, there's a peace of mind seems to elude them. Well, Dad had the greatest line of all time. Zach was there. We were sitting on a hundred fifty million dollar yacht, and he looked over at the guy that owned it, and we had been hanging out there a day or two doing interviews and stuff. And Dad looked at the guy and he said, "You know, I've noticed something after hanging with you for a day or two. No guys just looking at him. You know, he's a pretty low key guy." He was a billionaire. A billionaire with big billion. And he looked at Dad and he said, what's that, Phil? And Dad said, there's a big difference in billions and millions. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a pause. There was a pause. And then then he started laughing. Then the table erupted. Like all the little minions around the table weren't going to laugh unless the guy laughed. you know. But I thought it was a great observation because we were sitting on a $150 million boat. Remember, Zach? Oh, they had uh, they had the guys gardening the the boat with the machine guns. Oh, it was something. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, and we were eating yeah, filet we, we mignon. Were, we, we were out of our league for sure. Yeah, we were not comfortable. But to your point, Dad, it's it's it would be hard 
unless you had a humble, you know, believing heart going into that, which I think is is our saving grace because we're not billionaires. But I mean, certainly we've had some success, but we came into it with nothing. And if the Almighty decides to take it all away, I'm not going to have a problem with that, or y'all. I mean, like, well, what if the evil one takes it all? Or the like, evil one? Like or Joe, I mean, Joe, he he just yeah. stripped him of everything. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say. I think when you when we read through Matthew 19 and a lot of this text in Matthew, I think the temptation is to look at it as these are uh, little nuggets that Jesus is giving us on how to live, and we we're not seeing sometimes the grand narrative of what he's saying here and the rich young ruler uh, i think really brings this point to light when he he says this you know we want we want to take this and as a, an attack on 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 people of wealth but um but there is this last part of the verse when he says again i say to you it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle which seems impossible right than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god so he's what jesus is is um, showing us here is like the, the, you're not getting in if you're rich, and so that's why they asked the question when the disciples heard this. They were astonished and said, "Then who can be saved?" And looking at them, Jesus said to them, and this is the part I think we have to hone in on: with people, this is impossible. What's impossible for these people to be saved? But with God, all things are possible. So I think what what what, what this the story that's happening here? He's throwing these things out about what it means to be righteous. And no matter where you fall in the in the in the in the picture, you're going to look at Jesus's standard, and you're going to say, "Uh oh, I'm not righteous." No matter who you are, right. and so then that leads to the question: Well, how is it possible then for me or anybody to be saved? And the answer will go back to, "Well, with you, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible, including the salvation of people who could never be righteous on their own." So I think that's the point. You of framed it. it well, Zach, and that's exactly why it fits into this narrative of grace because you can't earn your way in by your good deeds, by your law keeping, by whatever you can't buy your way in because you're rich. The only way you get in is through Jesus. And, and that's why when he comes out with this next parable, that's why I link it back to this. He, he is going to have a parable about people that came in late to the party, but still got the same rewards. Usually if you have billions, other words, it's kind of just understood that when you show up on the scene, that you, you have to. You're in. You, you, it's a thing of status. Right. And, and and no matter how hard you try to match it up, the poorest of the poor is there. And do you do you offer, like James said, do you offer the rich guy, you know, the nice seating and, you know. Right. The other guy, he's off over. It, it's just human nature that with the bucks comes status, and it just tied, the two are tied together. And it looks like to me, Jesus was kind of making a point, yeah, that needs to be untied. Even being a billionaire wouldn't, wouldn't help you any, Zach. You're, you're, you're right, real right down there with the poorest of the poor when you get right down to it. Yeah, and you can think about it though. There, like, we know people who are very, very wealthy. I was thinking about the time we went up to Hobby Lobby and you spoke at their um, headquarters, Phil, and, and and they've made a lot of money and they've and they've got a lot of money. But when you walk in their facility, what's the first thing they did? They said, they, "We're going to take you down this. We're going to give you a tour." And they take you down. The first hallway you walk down is lined with all of the missions that they're supporting. And they said, "You know, this is why we're in business. We are in business." 
and then they show you everything they're doing. So I think that wealth's not the enemy. Money's not the enemy. The Bible says that the love of money uh, is the root of all evil. But if you if you're making uh, if your wealth is geared towards uh, bringing the kingdom of God you know, to fruition here on earth then I think it's a great thing if that's what your motivation is. And I think so. it really does matter. We've made that point a lot. Let's take another break. So it's that time of year, we like to say, tis the season. And when people are looking for great gift ideas and uh, and different things to give to their loved ones, we know that uh, a lot of you guys out there in Unashamed Nation are always looking for some good uh Unashamed merch, and so we want to let you know there's going to be a twenty percent off discount right now if you use the right code to be able to get some holiday items or just some items for yourself, which is always good. So you go to Phil Merch, P H I L M E R C H dot com, PhilMerch dot com. The promo code is Unashamed twenty. That's Unashamed twenty. It's going to get you twenty percent off, and so it's some really cool looking Unashamed gear. Uh, Thanks for you to give to someone just to say I love you and also support Unashamed Nation. So we love you guys. We're so glad uh, that you're out there and that you're with us. So uh, unashamed20filmmerch.com. We made that point a lot that Jesus and most of his parables is talking about, you know, people that are successful in business that, you know, know what they're doing. In fact, this next one, this is a guy who has a vineyard that is very successful and is hiring all these people to work for. So to your point, you're right. He's not down on money. He's not down on wealth. He's down on trusting it more or somehow saying it differentiates you from when it comes to salvation. Or it's more important than he is. Correct. Yeah. I think this though was a transition because they have this encounter. The disciples are sitting there watching this go down. Then all of a sudden everything that you've attached success to in real life, working hard and earning your way and getting what's coming to you. He just seems to debunk here. So then after he makes this statement about you can't obtain salvation through man, but with God, all things are possible. Peter said, well, we've left everything to follow you, which is true. Yep. But then he asked this one question which I think launched into this whole next chapter from Matthew's writing. Well, what then will there be for us? What do we get out of this thing? Well, we've left everything here. We're not functioning like the world. So what do we get? And so Jesus tells them with a caveat, because he said, everyone who has left houses in 29 or brothers or sisters, the relationships will receive a hundred times as much. But then he says, but many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first, which I think he was bringing a picture out that how we function in the kingdom of God is not the way of the world. Yeah. We're not gonna, what you think about success in the world, which is true about working hard and being competitive and outdoing someone else. It's not going to work that way in the kingdom. You're not, I mean, he didn't say this, but the implications are you're not going to compete better than another Christian and receive a richer reward because you outdid some other Christian. And the reason I'm bringing that up, because in a lot of churches, people feel that way. They're like, well, as long as I'm better than him, because in the world that works, you don't have to be the best, just be better than some. 
Yeah. And you can be successful. And, you know, to, to the point we were talking about with uh, being on the, the boat with the billionaire, when you think about it, Zach, I mean, dad was there because he was in a movie that you helped write and he was the quote unquote star of that movie. He was the guy that, you know, that did the movie. The other guy is the guy that was a guy we were talking about helping finance a movie. So really, they both play a role, which is kind of the whole point. Whether you're a guy that looks like dad, dad didn't look like a guy that would be on a $150 billion boat, dad. I mean, no offense, but, you know, because they knew who you were, they let you on the boat. But And yet you were both there for a purpose that was joined together. And I think that's a good picture of what this looks like. And so whether you're the last guy in or the first guy in, to Jay's point, it doesn't matter. But that, right. but people deem that as not fair. Right, which is the point of the next parable. you got to get over, yeah, to be in the kingdom. Grace just encompasses everything. You just got to be glad to be here. Right. Yeah, as Jace was saying earlier, he, he referenced the, the word, he said, in the words of a famous man, uh, I didn't come to serve or to be served, but to serve. He uh, kind of said, said it tongue in cheek, but he's talking about Jesus. That's what Jesus said. And so when you get to this part about the, the whoever uh, is first will be last and the last will be first, and there's this paradox, this flip. You know, I used to think that meant that if you were humble and the God in the, in the kingdom, God would take the least and, and usher him to the front and say, now you're, now you're the big dog and give them all the possessions or whatever. But I think what's going on here as modeled by Jesus himself, I think when he say this in the kingdom, everything's off. It's, it's totally different. To, to give is to actually receive and and to die to self is to actually live and to to, to, be, to be last to be the in the role of the servant that's where the life is at and I think that God models that inside of his inner life if you think about father son and Holy Spirit a father who is pouring himself out for his son he didn't try to gain anything from the son he's given his life to the son the son gives his life to the father. And the love between them is the spirit. And then God shows that in the gospel that he comes out here and dies for us and says, be like me. And that's the whole thing. Be like me. And I think we're so caught up in a consumer culture that we want to consume, consume, consume. And God's like, anywhere it's at, you're never going to find fulfillment from consumption. You find fulfillment from getting out and pouring out because that's how you were designed. Yeah. But, you know, when he said that, which is later on in chapter 20 about the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's in 28. And then he makes this statement, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, when you think of ransom, you're thinking somebody's been kidnapped. We got to get the money, which is the ransom. Give it so they can be freed, right. saved, right. released. So all of a sudden, when he interjects that thought, it's kind of humbling to realize that he's acknowledging his role in this and the dire condition of humanity. I mean, that was his his word, not mine. Well, when you think about it, let's take our last break. When you think about it, Jace, that's exactly what happened because we were kidnapped by our own decision that put us under the control of the evil one who now has us enslaved because of our fear of death, not being in a right relationship with God. And Jesus was exactly that. Yeah. The ransom that then offered our salvation to come out from under this kidnap situation. Do you know what's unique about this is I never noticed this before last night when I was reading this. You know, these two guy two disciples 
get their mom to go ask Jesus, which, look, if that's your plan, you should just stop it right there. <laughs> if your plan, grown men, is to get your balls. mom to go talk to your boss or whoever. Well, I, my, my joke was when I was looking at Jesus, I said, they should, Jesus called them the sons of thunder. I would call them the sons of dunder because that's kind of, that's kind of a dunder headed move. Oh, I made, I'm, I remember one time I was speaking and, uh, you know, I got all lathered up there. Didn't have notes. I was pulling a fill and I made a comment. I said, if you're living, if you're, if you're over the age of 20 and you're living in your parents basement move out and get a job i said that from the pulpit well some old boy came up there and said hey i'm I'll, i live in my parents basement and he was you know he went to explain the reasoning i said my recommendation stands <laughs> good for you, good for I just you thought, this is your plan i don't care what happened or what's fixing to happen that's not a plan. Yeah, these guys here had a failure to launch, apparently, because Mama was. And I've had them come to I, being in, even in like college ministry for so long. Man, I can't tell you how many times moms would. And that's why I, I, I could never do youth ministry, but I could do college ministry because you're dealing with legal adults. But like, if a mom ever came to me, and that happened quite often, going yeah. to bat for their their sons, and I'm like, you gotta like. <laughs> like, I'm not dealing with you. Your son's 20 years old. I'll deal with him. I'm not dealing with you about your 20-year-old son. But I was, but I, yeah, that, yeah. I was go going to make a point that Jesus asked, because he knew what, what was fixed to happen, but he asked, what do you want? And so she goes on saying, well, you know, at the, the request is, can they sit on your right, right and, and left. left in this power? Well, the whole point of this is that, they weren't seeing the big picture in who he was. Because in, in essence, who who ended up being at his right and left at the at the apex of the kingdom? Two thieves. Right. Well then later on, the next paragraph, I just I never made this connection that Jesus is traveling, you know, that 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 situation has has gone. And he comes up, and there's a couple of blind guys, and they're hollering, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus asked the same question, what do you want? Well, these guys' response were, were different. They want, they want to see. So in, in one, his own disciples couldn't see. And look, I'm not picking on them, because if I was in that same situation, I wouldn't be able to see the difference in the way we view the world either. Because you do think that you can earn your way and you can save yourself and you can you can get a better place by blood, sweat, and tears, you know, from your own account. They they did they couldn't see what he was offering. And so here he heals their physical sight. He had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. So I just think it's interesting the way this is about you don't want to ever get in your mind what you think this is supposed to be right. and be dead wrong. Well, and the pick, by the way, that power picture in our culture, if, if you want the shot, the money shot that she was asking for, it was the when the president speaks at the State of the Union and, you know, right on his behind him, sitting above him, 
you got the vice president, which is the head of the Senate, and they got the Speaker of the House. So the idea is that money shot when he's speaking is here's the power of this, you know, they'll say of the world because of the United States, but you get the president of the United States you, here on one side, you got the VP here on the other side, you got speaker of the house. That's one, two, three of the most powerful people. And so that's in a modern picture. That's the picture that people say, boy, if you were in one of those positions, well, what right. would you have? Well, the yeah. mom was asking for power seats and the two guys here, they just want to see. So I think well, when you- I think it's, it's yeah super relevant to where we're at now. I mean, we're doing the same thing today. It's it, and Jesus came and he totally not just disrupts. He like demolishes kind of this power dynamic. You you see it today. Everybody wants to be in the position of notoriety because they associate it with power, or they want to be in a position of wealth because they associate it with power. Um, and I think the proofs in the pudding though that power. And the accumulation and consumption of power doesn't lead to fulfillment. It just doesn't. I mean, I was thinking about when you were talking about the, the billionaire. There's another guy that I know that's very wealthy, uh, Al, that we did an event with. And I don't even know if you remember this or not. We were sitting around a campfire, and I, I asked the guy, I said, um, I'll, I'll call him Jim. That's not his name. I said, Jim, I said, man, you have made some money, hadn't you? And Jim's like, oh, I've made some money. And I said, uh, do you ever think like that um, – is it ever like you, you feel like you finally got what you're looking for? I mean, like, have you found your purpose in life? Like, has it has it delivered on what was promised? I'll never forget. He said, like, I'll tell you what, Zach. He said, I give to this and I give to that. He started naming all the stuff he gave to it. Then he stopped himself. He said, no, nah, that's not a good answer. He said, you know what? No, I don't think I found what I'm looking for. And it was like this deflating moment that he had realized. In that moment, he had realized, like, even as much as he'd accomplished, as much of power as he'd accumulated, it still it just doesn't like give what Phil was said earlier. It's the peace of mind. And that's what Jesus offers us through a disruption of the power dynamic. And this lady, this woman, this mother, I don't think she got it. No, I think you're exactly right. Well, no, because they're taking for granted. Jesus' point, he was taking for granted. What good is billions of dollars if you know, you're blind or you're handicapped or you're in a hospital or you're taking the little things which are big things once you, you know, you lose your eyesight, that becomes what you want. I mean, if you could have that healed, I mean, that becomes the all-consuming thing. So I think he was trying to show them that, that they were taking for granted all the blessings that were going to come and, and the blessings they have now just but every day. I think you're right, Jason. I think the reason that little tidbit got into Matthew's account was because they were yelling and screaming out, Lord, son of David, when Jesus is about to enter Jerusalem in this scene as as the conquering king. I mean, he's, he, he won't be seen that way in the moment, but that's what he's doing. And these, these two blind guys who couldn't see actually saw what, what was going on because they called him by the right that he was the son of David, exactly. the Lord entering. And so I think. And, and here's disciples who should know that, the big plan, right. are saying. Where's our power seat, Ken? You know? That's right. Which and, the other disciples didn't like that, but in, in the yeah, they moment... They were indignant, it says. But in the moment, they were all struggling with this idea of a new world and how we how we view it. That's right. And so, and remember what the people were saying about the two guys yelling? Remember what they told them? Shut up. Quit yelling. You know, you, you sit over there and be blind and, sh- you know, shut up. So it's just the easy to overlook, which is the whole point of this thing. Jesus is trying to tell them that's why servanthood 
That's why help being that hard and being that person is what matters more than your position of power. That's why I'm not interested in politics. Right. At a, serving at any level. Yeah. Because there's always the, the power that comes with it. It's tough. You know, little job, but still the political world, yeah. it's all about the power. It's usually climbing over each other. Yeah. And, and we've uh, most of us have been approached in one way. It's a road down. I'm not going down. That's you know, why also the two blind guys, I mean, who knows, maybe because of their condition, that they found faith in Jesus in, in difficulty. Because a lot of people who are the most heroic are those who have had terrible things happen to them. And, you, and you're like, well, if that happened to me, I would be mad at God. Or And you just, they inspire us because somewhere in that, they find the true meaning to life, which is unseen, you know, in the heart. In, in their relationship with God. Well, and to your point, Dad, and we'll close with this, Zach, you know, ran for Congress. He's the only one that actually ran for an office out of our family, and he lost. And look, there was no doubt. I'm not just saying this to make Zach feel better, but I mean, Zach was the best candidate running for that seat. He was the smartest. He was the most conservative. He was the guy that we needed. But he barely lost. And we look back on it now, and Zach, ever since you lost that, because of contacts made and all that, he's accomplished far more for the kingdom and for the world, for Christ, by not being a sitting member of Congress. Now, you know, maybe there would have been something different, but I think Zach, everything we're doing, this podcast, the in the wisdom field, everything we've done since Zach lost his seat, running for seat for Congress, has ha- happened because he's just followed the will of God. So I think that's a good picture, Zach, of exactly what we're talking about here. Not that you needed to be in power. You need to be continuing to help people understand God's power. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. When I lost the night, the night I lost, the first thing I did was I went to Wendy's and me and Jill got a, uh, two hamburgers about, it was about midnight. And I was, we, we both were, we were actually thankful that it didn't work out because yeah, I, I don't. I mean, once I got into it, you're like, I'm like, well, I'm with Phil, you know. I'm like, this. I don't know if this is where God's. I, I, we got to have good people in office, but I, I think that there's the battle really is is in the cult is really good culture and are we are we painting a picture of how beautiful God is and this paradox that we're talking that we're talking about here in Matthew that Jesus is talking about that shifts the power dynamic. We got, we have to paint the picture of the beauty of God and what and why 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 should people come and submit to this God and. Uh, we submit to him because he's good and he loves us and he's and he's able. So yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I the, the, the well, point. So the moral of the story is, if you ever well, lose, just cry until you're frosty. No, look, the last <laughs> time I went to Wendy's, the last time I went to Wendy's was on my wedding night when I got married. Because I thought, you know, I waited till I got married. I said, boy, we're going to the hotel room, and we got out of there. I said, well, I'm hungry. You want to go to Wendy's? That's the last time I went. So well, whether you win or lose, feelings, yeah. I've never been to Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it? only because it was open at midnight. It's open at midnight, so well, I, I don't make Wendy's I mean, in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I don't That's recommend a it. Perfect way to end this <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else. Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.